former online and managing editor and host of Talk That Talk, award-winning journalist Terrell Chatterbox Emerson. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. It is 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night, so you guys know what time it is. It is time for Talk That Talk. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson. In studio to my left is Mr. Sure Thing, Mr. Tyler Sure. What's the deal? What's going on? What's going on? I brought the headband today because we got some takes. We got <laughs> Bro, I'm not going to hold you, man. I was at the uh, – shout out to the Westgate, the beautiful Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. We'll get to all of that all of that good stuff in a second. But I was sitting up there uh, grabbing drink tickets for the night, and I watched you walk into the studio, and I seen the headband from afar, and I said – it's impossible not to love that energy. And then, as always, behind our camera, our Florida man fact checker, Mr. Celine Dweck. What's the dilly? Living the dream. So, first of all, this Angel-Yankee game is so weird. That's first of all. They scored seven runs in the night. <laughs> Two seven-run innings for both teams. Um, I just want to let you guys know, it's 1 a.m. in New York. <laughs> They're playing baseball. So I just want to let you guys know that. Um, aside from that, Talk That Talk radio show records twice weekly from the beautiful Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. We're sitting inside of the beautiful clubhouse right now. We have all of our television screens on as we speak. Again, the Westgate, specifically the Superbook, was the largest super or sports book in the world for over 50 years. This hotel was the largest hotel in the world for nearly a decade. If you want to be a part of this illustrious history that we have been added to, come down to 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Once again, that address is 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. A lot of stuff to get to today. Uh, I think I have seven chapters, seven of these quick chapters to get to. I do got some quick hits that I want to start off with. Salim, I started to text you earlier today and ask for a three-hour show. What would you have told me? Because I didn't text you, but what would you have told me? <laughs> if I would showed you these notes, these notes are crazy, dog. No, no, no. I, I worked eight hours today. I had a little Did job. you? So it, I got off at work at 7, so I still set up at 9. And then at 1, I was arguing with my wife. I'll be there at 10. <laughs> Because the show definitely, I would have tried to make it start at 9. And you know what's interesting? Um, I don't consider it that I worked this morning. But, again, you guys know my overnight uh, shifts. Yeah, no. Like, I, I I woke up and was like, wouldn't have worked anyway. <laughs> this would have went left, like, quickly. So, uh, we do have some, uh, a lot of stuff to get to, rather. So, we're going to get right into the sports. I do have my mom's tip in today. Uh, let's see what she gave to us. I like it. Choose progress over perfection. I'm going to say that one more time. Choose progress over perfection. So thank you for that. I think we're living proof that we're that we're doing that. Uh, me and Celine were, and Tyler were just talking before the show about some of the changes that are coming. Um, I feel like I've only had to hold this mic for three or four episodes, and I'm sick of it. I don't know how you guys did it. I apologize. Um, but we ran through three mic stands in probably the course of a year. I apologize. So we have new mic stands on the way. 
So I apologize again, once again, once again. Uh, my dad did text me before the show and said he couldn't find any good tip in. So, as always, we'll, we'll let it rock out throughout the night. If you see anything, talk to us. Other than that, let's talk some quick hits. Um, y'all ready for this? I, I have, I have fun with this, but I don't know if it's something that we should have fun with. Um, Salim, do me a favor. Look up the letter from Triller's Ryan Kavanaugh about Mike Tyson. <laughs> Tyler, just tell me what you think this is about. Triller, Triller's letter about Ryan Kavanaugh. Wait, Triller, uh, Ryan Kavanaugh of Triller. Okay, wrote a letter in response to something that Mike Tyson and his team said. I'm just wondering if you think if you just throwing something at a wall, just throwing something at a wall. So um, I'm not sure what this has to do with anything, but what I'm about to say has to do with mm-hmm. anything, but. Uh, yeah, there's no amount of money you could pay me to step in a ring with Mike Tyson. <laughs> so if that has to, if that's some foreshadowing here, I hope it applies well. Cause, hey man, yeah. <laughs> what I will, Celine, you want to read, and I'll stop you as you as it goes. Yeah. Let's do it. All good. So just from that, I'll stop you right there for right now. Um, whenever you find it, you can start reading whenever. But just from that, oh, want to have at it? Let's do it. From Mr. Ryan Kavanaugh. This is amazing, by the way. Okay, I was about to say. So just from what we heard already. We can tell that Mike Tyson and his team already are trying to move, move away from Triller in terms of future fights, and they're saying that they weren't paid in, in, in total. So now we're going to hear what Mr. Ryan Kavanaugh has to say about that. First of all, I'm not addressing Mike Tyson. I told you guys I met Mike Tyson once, and I didn't know how to address him then. I said, I just want to – him? I just want to shake his hand. That one right there. I don't, wanna, I don't want no, no issues, security. Can you pause there? Now pause that really quick. I say all the time it is possible for things to be true and untrue at the same time. Do we believe that that was a huge risk to take during the pandemic? 
Yes, right? Do we believe that they are the only place that would have gave Mike Tyson $25 million to return to the ring? No. Okay, yeah. continue. I don't think none of us believe that. Continue. Pause. All right. How many more times are you guys calling Mike Tyson's phone? If <laughs> he said he didn't want to talk to you the first time. <laughs> Conversation's just dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> Conversation's over at that point. I don't What am I going to say to a man, to that man who said he doesn't want to talk to me? There's no explaining I can do. You can continue, Selena. I told you guys I shouldn't have had so much fun with this. <laughs> who just hit the. Okay. Sorry. I thought that was somebody playing a game, and that wasn't. So, uh, apologies. Yeah, so I, I actually want I actually want to the pause there, and I'm happy that you did already. Um, oh, this is extremely loud. Sorry, guys. My mic was extremely hot. Sorry. Um, all right. Legends Only League and Frontline, things of that nature. I want to address this really quick. You guys know Talk That Talk Radio Show is a part of Talk That Talk Media. The OD Podcast is a part of that, and we kind of break into pop culture, politics, everything else that kind of branches away from sports. And we talk about the Joe Button podcast a lot, right? And we've talked about the Joe Button podcast and them uh, some 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 friction between co-hosts and money ultimately was the was the the issue. And what I've learned, especially with running this business, is you can never have one person over money. You can never have one person over like scheduling. You, can, you can't really have one voice for everything. Now, I say all of that to say, in doing that sometimes, you have what's happening, I feel like, with Mike Tyson. Now, that $25 million may have been paid from Triller to like he said. Now, this is what I thought was so interesting. That read, the part that Celine just read, I read that and said, Oh, okay, so both sides are telling the truth. Ryan Kavanaugh paid the money. Tyson didn't get it in full. Both things I believe are true. The reason why I say that is because Legends Only League and Frontline, I'm not even sure what what promotion that is or what entity that is to begin with, but they clearly have people that are over the money 
that are not in direct correlation with Mike Tyson. <laughs> you didn't read it already? Continue. Oh, my gosh. All right. With all due respect, does Ryan Kavanaugh mean like that he'll have like security in the room? I was just about to say, you guys know how I am with any type of confrontation. Let's take everybody away from the situation. You and me, let's go in the back and let's talk. I'm not doing that with Mike Tyson if he's mad at me. I'm not doing that. That's horrific, bro. Multiple. <laughs> Multiple. And matter of fact, create a division in between us. <laughs> I'm going to stand on a little step stool and try to look over y'all. I don't want no parts of that. I'll be like, hey, Mike, I, I, I didn't do it, but that guy over there. Why you stutter so much? He said, I, 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 I Mike, didn't do I, it. No, Mike, <laughs> big fan. I would have paid, but that guy over there in the corner. He's not paying attention. Oh my God! Go get his ass. And even then, you can't even really like point. You gotta be like him right there. Don't just, don't look at him right just now. Just like just turn around. That guy. Hey, a hundred percent. All right. The last thing I'm gonna say about this: Do you guys believe that Mike Tyson is the type of person that if you tell him like, "Yo, Mike, don't look at him or don't say nothing right now," but that's the dude that did X, Y, and Z. What is Mike Tyson doing? Oh, he's turning around. And turning around <laughs> instantly, fam. He's turning around. Who? Him right there. <laughs> um, shout out to Mike Tyson, man. Shout out to the Hot Boxing Podcast too. Um, I do want to get into another that's out there now. And like I said, it's in the fight game still. So let's let's wrap it up right now over there in that corner. Um, we need to start numbering these TVs so we can start saying look at TV, two. So bottom left hand corner over there. We just saw the, the UFC emblem and the UFC has been in the, in the news a lot over the last two days. I say three days since announcing an interim heavyweight title fight between Cyril Ghosn and Derek Lewis. Um, immediately after heavyweight champ of the world, Francis Ngannou took to Twitter to say, I remember my interim title fight against Yarzinho Rosenstreit. Oh, wait. And he put an ellipsis. If you guys were unfamiliar with, or if you're unfamiliar with mixed martial arts, and particularly the UFC, Francis Ngannou, since the decision lost to Derek Lewis, had won four straight fights, all in devastating fashion. En route to a rematch with Stipe Miocic, who was the heavyweight champ at the time, and Francis Ngannou knocked out Miocic becoming uh, heavyweight champion for the first time in his career. S that was in... Damn, Salim, can we look it up? When was uh, Miocic and Ganu 2? Because whenever that, whatever answer that Salim is about to give us. March. So March. 
Francis Ngannou originally had, and this wasn't clearly wasn't in 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 a contract, but there was talks of Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou fighting for the heavyweight title in August. That's what I've heard this entire time. Since this uh, has come out, Francis Ngannou's team has come out and said that they were surprised by Dana White's decision, especially because they said that they would be ready for their first title defense in September, which is a month after the proposed date from the UFC. If you're the heavyweight champ of the world and you wake up, not only do you find out this news, or not only is this news made, but you find out this news on Twitter. If you're the heavyweight champ of the world, how do you feel right now? Excuse me. Let me say this. At the time when he said the Yarzinho Rosenstrike uh, comment, he remembers his interim title fight, Steve Miocic was away from the octagon. We understand Steve Miocic's three fights against Daniel Cormier, correct? Francis Ngannou was waiting in the wings the entire time. Just to kind of put perspective on, on that for you guys. If you are Francis Ngannou, how do you feel right now? Can I drop a spoiler from the <laughs> latest Fast and the Furious movie? <laughs> how big of a spoiler is it? Go ahead. Have at it. Spoiler um, alert, guys. Do you guys. Do you guys plan on seeing the movie? I eventually do. <laughs> Celine doesn't care. <laughs> I don't care that much. I'm not a movie guy. Not number nine, though? You're not giving nine a try? No, that's what it looks like, bro. I'm telling you. Once I seen The Rock and, and uh, Vin Diesel's fight scene, I think last movie, the two movies ago, and I seen John Cena in this one, I said, oh, no, 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 no. Didn't somebody catch a helicopter? Dude, in this one, just ruin them. Or not even in this just one, but in the previous one, Dwayne the Rock Johnson redirects a fucking nuclear bomb <laughs> with his bare hands, dude. Like it's coming at him, he just like redirects it. Like hey. It's like a soccer ball or something. Nah, I'm but it, you, man. all they're missing is. If I'm Francis, um, I'm sorry, Ngannou. Ngannou. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm pissed because obviously he fucking deserves the fight, and uh, hey, it sounds like he's getting shafted. But I, I feel like that's kind of a common theme in the UFC, from what I. I'm not Let's too talk big. About I'm it. not too big into the UFC at all, but like, I've kind of recently started picking up some steam. Shout out to um Israel Adesanya, <laughs> my boy, you somewhere did. I belong. Um, yeah, that was like the first UFC f- I've fight I've watched since like um, oh man, Leota Machida in his prime. Oh wow! I used to watch a lot of Leota Machida back in the day. Shout out with like Rashad Evans and stuff. But yeah, Shout I, know, out to I the feel dragon. Like, I feel like in UFC, like guys get shafted on fights all the time, so. And because it, it it adds to the storyline of like the hatred toward the UFC and then the guy who's holding the belt or not, so I mean it just adds fuel to the fire and that's probably what drives the UFC and gets views and shit. So. Um, wow, I don't know where to take this aside from. We're not leaving your point for sure. No, yeah. Um, let's try to look at it from the UFC standpoint. I think once your champion tells you I'll be ready the month after you're asking me, you do it. That's what I think, unless your champion has been off for like two years or something crazy. However, let's try to think in, in the UFC's right, or let's try to think in the, in the UFC's favor, rather. Uh, if we were in their shoes, look at his month. Look at Shohei's month. Home run, home run, earned error over six. Two home runs, home run, home run, off day, 0 for 3. This is ridiculous. This, this man is unbelievable. Um, 
you would probably want your biggest attraction in the in the company to fight during summer, right? That's the only thing I could think of. We we have Conor McGregor essentially opening summer in Vegas. Why not have the heavyweight champ of the world close it? It's my only guess. Yeah. However, let's get back to Tyler's point. John Jones isn't fighting Francis Ngannou right now because of what Tyler just said. He feels like if he already, in the words of Dana White, is the GOAT of the sport, he's never been paid like it. So I love this tweet. For I don't even know if it was a tweet or if he said it, but it was uh, communication from John Jones, and he said, I don't, no, I, I think it was on Twitter. Uh, he said, I don't know where you're getting that number from, saying I asked for $10 million or what was it, $15 million for a fight, whatever it was. He said, but if I did, it shouldn't have been an issue. And I kind of agree. I kind of agree. Especially when we're talking about Mike Tyson right now, who came out in an exhibition bout, brought in $25 million. We just said what we said from Triller. Triller, there's only so much credit you can take for giving him that for that $25 million. Because look at how much money you made off of it. Tyson and Roy Jones was grossly underpaid for that event. So to hear that John Jones, and I don't I don't know if these numbers are true, but if John Jones' biggest payday for a championship fight was $2 million, something's wrong. Uh, again, I don't know if it's true. But j- to, to Tyler's point, it's a storyline now. It's not just from one person. And why does it always happen to champions? Demetrius Johnson lost his flyweight title and opted not for a rematch and was traded to one championship. Tyron Woodley had, I believe, two title defenses on his ledger, and Dana White publicly said, I don't think anybody's paying for a Tyron Woodley fight anytime soon. (laughs) Guess who has to sell a Tyron Woodley fight sometime soon? Two million, you said? Dude, that's like, that's a little over four million. I don't know if it's true. (laughs) I don't know if it's true. But if that's the case, if John's asking for only 10 to come back, like John said, I didn't ask for that. But if I did, what's the problem? Yeah, I mean, they're acting like they won't make the money back, like from all like the, you know, people buying the fight and all the ads and sponsors. Francis Ngannou could fight, or excuse me, John Jones could fight Celine tomorrow, <laughs> and the entire world would watch. Um, hey, I, I like your odds. I do too. I'd bet the I'd bet the over. And you know what's funny? Um, <laughs> speaking of guns, have you did you guys see John Jones' um target practice? This was I don't know why this why I seen this a couple months ago, maybe a month and maybe a month or two ago. He's on Twitter and he shows this video of um him drawing when he's surrounded by targets. Just go watch the video. Because if you would have thought that there's no way that John Jones could get scarier, he can. And shout out to John Jones because I've met him before, and he's one of the nicest humans in the world. Continue. 
hell, he is too with his arms. Like ten feet away, ten feet away still might not be long enough. Like John, I don't know, man. But it'll work. In all seriousness, guys, uh, <laughs> not quicker than him. In all seriousness, guys, um, John Jones has alluded to this, and he said it before. And I think we, we've talked about it before in terms of wondering how you can approach something. And I believe because John Jones hasn't been as disruptive as he can be, this story hasn't picked, as, picked up as much traction as it could. He hasn't talked and we haven't stopped talking about it. And we haven't stopped talking about it. And that's why when Dana White says something, I forgot what it was. Um, it was it was a press conference about um, it was after maybe the Marvin Vittori and uh, Israel Adesanya fight, and they said what was next for Francis and Gano. He said Derek Lewis has that fight. Uh, whenever John Jones is ready to fight, if he's ready to fight, uh, we'll be ra- we'll be waiting or we'll be ready or something like that. And while all of those things was was interesting to say, he. Made it seem, oh, I think he said that John Jones doesn't need to fight anymore. Like, they're, you know what I mean? He's fine. He understands it. But the fact that I feel that the UFC and Dana White are operating as if they can conduct business as usual. Salim, you just said the point that I've been telling everybody. He hasn't fought since February of 2020. John Jones is mentioned at every UFC event. Hell yeah. But in a weird way, too, if I told you it didn't feel like that long because we keep talking about him, it also makes sense. Anytime somebody fights at light heavyweight or heavyweight, what's the first thing we say? How would he look against John Jones? And nine times out of ten, the end of the conversation goes, John will get him. I believe that I shook hands with the greatest mixed martial artist of all times, of all time, and I believe that he could he could blow this wide open. Like I said, whether it's true or not, I don't know. But he could make this situation a lot worse than I feel like he is. So we'll just let it, we'll we'll move on. I do want to touch on uh, two Olympic topics really quick. One is just one correction, and one is something that I was waiting until it kind of built up. But this note simply says Simone Biles is history, and I just want to give you guys a couple of uh, stats about her. She's unbeaten an individual all around, an individuals all around for the last eight years. And during that time, she has accumulated Olympic gold in Rio, five world titles, and seven national titles. Now, remember that, um, those, see, that's my dad's tipping, actually. Um, my dad's tipping from a while back was all of those crazy records that would never be broken. I remember that. And remember we were talking about the records that probably would get broken on that list? Remember when Michael Phelps' number seemed so unattainable? I think we touched on Simone Biles, though. In that moment, we did. Because we knew that this summer she would take that record. Or this uh, Olympic go-round, she would take that record. we, We talk about it all the time. Snapshot moments? If that's what my eight-year snapshot looks like, I don't care what the last eight look like. I don't care what the next eight look like. 
you will respect me for that one. Period. So I just want to – oh, and Simone Biles with the subtlety. I don't think I've heard Simone Biles speak outside of her first Olympic run. And I think that there's a certain energy and aura that comes with that. So to see her go out there, and you guys know I'm somewhat ignorant when it comes to gymnastics, um, I'm not even sure what to call her outfit. But to see whether it's crystals, diamonds, rhinestones, whatever the hell it is, pellets, I don't care. But it forms the outline of a goat. I said, hey. She's playing with us. Because she won't say it. But she'll do something subtle like that. I don't know, man. That's goat behavior. I, I say it all the time. We talk about goat behavior. That is, that's the definition of goat behavior. And the other thing uh, from two episodes ago, ironically enough, she had a pronunciation correction video. It's Shakari Richardson. I want to make sure that I, I correct myself on that. I was upset i didn't do it last episode so shout out to uh excuse me to shakari richardson as well for continuing to make history um i think we can hop right into it i think we can kind of hop right into it for the most part we can talk some baseball news we are 30 minutes into our wednesday episode of talk that talk i have pitcher news in baseball um one sports related and one not so sports related um, I guess I'll get the serious one out the way first. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but tomorrow is the two-year anniversary date. I don't even – I don't like the word anniversary when I hear stuff like this, but it, tomorrow marks two years since the world lost Tyler Skaggs of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Um. It was announced yesterday that the family has formally filed a suit against the Angels, um, citing negligence. So they're suing the family and two former employees, who one of which who regularly, and this is uh, quoted from an ESPN article, who regularly purchased opioids for Skaggs per his own admission. That person's name is Eric K. Salim, can you look up, do you have that ESPN story up? If you have it up, you can give me the second name because I forgot. Eric K. And the ESPN story, I made sure to read this part three times to make sure I wasn't going crazy. Eric K., with all due respect, was a longtime opioid abuser himself. So the family is suing K., and the person who hired him. Why would a person with that background be put in charge of opioids at any level? Salim, remember how I talk about the Angels' decision-making all the time? Yeah. It's certain things that I have in mind when I say certain things that I just don't feel is appropriate to bring up. This Tyler Skaggs death has never sat well with me. We've talked about it before. Do we think that there are stars, whether they're rappers, whether they're star players, whatever the case may be, who are catered to in 
every sense of the imagination? It's the people, it becomes the people if the, the person themselves, the star themselves, and I'm not speaking specifically to Tyler Skaggs' situation, but if the star themselves can't get the situation together, it's everybody else's around them's job to play a part in that. You're going to play a part in it regardless. Either you're helping it or you're trying to stop it. I don't see, and some news broke earlier today, and I knew it was going to end up coming out. The Angels basically said they're not trying to deter the suit per se, but they did say that they are ready to paint Tyler Skaggs in a negative light if the suit follows through. Huh? Here's the deal. Let me explain something, Angels. Regardless of how you paint Tyler Skaggs or attempt to paint Tyler Skaggs, you ate it. So here's the situation. The worst that you paint him is the worst that you look. Because rather than get him help, you assisted in his demise. I read that and went, huh? Rest in peace to Tyler Skaggs and condolences to the family. Anybody else got anything on it? All right, let's move on to some sports. Um, whew. I damn near need a minute. Um, Salim, I don't know if you remember, but this happened last week, I believe. This might have been uh, might have been last show Sunday. Remember when we spoke about Hector Santiago of the Seattle Mariners being ejected? First time that we had seen it since they started the, the the pitcher check off the mound, the substance check, I should say. And we we laughed about it this entire time. Like, who are you going to catch? Eventually, they were going to catch somebody, right? So Hector Santiago was ejected after having a foreign sticky substance on his glove. He's appealing that, saying that he never used any illegal substance. I'm going to sound probably really crazy right now. Am I the only one that feels like this could be ended with one question? Hector, what's that on your glove? <laughs> if he tells you I don't know, you're suspended. <laughs> you, you, you sit for these 10 games. And if you give me an answer, guess what? You're suspended. Like, I don't, I don't know... What what you can say? I just think about baseball. I admire sports people and how athletic the game is. It's physical. <laughs> no matter how many times the league tries to use it, there's always going to be players that are going to get in the category. It is what it is. Steroids, garbage cans, freaking knives, mm -hmm. sticky stuff. Cheating is always going to be 
<laughs> despite baseball purists hating it, claiming that they hate it. I'm serious. I, I understand that people sometimes they can't help it, quote unquote. Anybody who throws a fastball at somebody's head, I'm you should try them. I'm I'm very serious. You could ruin somebody. Forget the career. You could ruin somebody's life. Um, but then we run into all types of issues when people lose control and literally pitches sail. So, um, I was just I was just about to say certain people's characteristics. Certain people's characteristics, you just know the deal already. Um, shout out to Trey Turner, who also hit uh, for the cycle today. Also, happy birthday to him. So um, I, I wanted to know how you guys felt about uh, this first ejection. Do you guys feel like this is something that we're going to see more of, or do you feel like we're going to see a lot of pitchers <laughs> doing the Sergio Romo and Max Scherzer dropping dropping the pants? Like, fam, what do you want me to, what do you want me to show you? <laughs> Which one do you think we're going to get more of, Tyler? Um, didn't they bust the second person too, or was it, ju- was, it ju- was it just him? I thought I remember reading something. There was Celine. a second guy. Save the day. I know I heard about Hector. I remember I saw the I saw the Mariners one on the ejection, but okay. um, yeah, I don't know. I it's the whole. There's so much vagueness to this whole thing. Like I I keep reading on it, and I just feel more and more separated from what they're like. I don't know. There's, it's just very vague. The whole I don't know. It's weird. Um, you don't know when they can check, when they're supposed to check, how many times they're supposed to check a game. I don't like know what exactly is. they're looking for. You know, you know what I'm saying. So like, just things like that. That whole situation. It's it's weird. I think we'll we'll see more people get busted. Um, I think um, we might see some successful appeals though. Um, just because uh, again, there's so much vagueness with the substance itself and what you know and and like Celine, I like Celine's point earlier. Like if you know, if there was a sport where guys can like kind of figure it out. You know, to how to bend the rules a little, it, it'd be baseball for sure. Long live. A hundred percent. Just win, baby. Stick them. Stick them. <laughs> they don't own it because they don't own it. They kind of own it. Their method of cheating is when they ch- when they was filming the Bengals sideline and they essentially asked Bill Belichick about it. And his response was basically, it's the Bengals. I was like, <laughs> I agree. I ag- that's, the f- that's the same thing that I said. I said, but you still did it. But I agree. I don't know how we got to this. Oh, I remember cheating. <laughs> Appealing. I just told somebody recently I introduced her to Fernando Tatis. And that might be her favorite baseball player now. And I showed her the bat flip, and I told her, like, she's been to to Aviator game. She's been to – I think she's been to Dodger game. So it's one of those things to where I kind of told her, like, you see how baseball is, like, it's cut and dry. It's – they call it America's game. And I was like, he don't look like he fit that bill, huh? And she was just like, oh, I know he pisses them. And then I showed the, the, uh, the swag chain. And she was like, oh, I know he pisses off baseball peers. I know he does. He reminds me a lot of Odell when Odell was on the Giants, like, breaking all those records for his first series, just exploding onto the scene. 
and people are just like just found little things to to hate like i don't know that's whenever i see him i'm like damn i miss him though <laughs> why does that sound like ptsd um <laughs> you okay because it is <laughs> you all right yeah well, that was gonna have a good, uh, good year for Cleveland, and it's gonna hurt for you, isn't it? Nah, um, nah, man. When he, uh, that was the most fun I watched in football last year. Was when he uh, had like three touchdowns, like two hundred all-purpose yards against Dallas. Oh, <laughs> dude, that was I was like forty-nine was going, points for Cleveland. I was I was going fucking nuts. I was like, dude, That's yes, yeah, um, unbelievable talent to watch. And and I think the thing about Odell, and we'll get off of this topic really quick. I don't even know how we got here. Um. When's the last time you guys felt superstar Megatron? Like I like in no disrespect to Julio Jones, no disrespect to Antonio Brown at the wide receiver position. I feel like when Odell Beckham Jr. has his big plays, they move in slow mo. You mm. get what I'm saying? It's like you know it's coming. I haven't felt that since Megatron. I th- I felt a little bit with uh, Brown a couple years, Antonio Brown. Um, and I think Julio in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, he had moments where like it's like all right, you know Matt. <laughs> throw the ball to me, like don't fuck the fuck the play. You I'll know be, exactly what I'm gonna do. I'll be there. get it here. So, yeah. No disrespect to DK Metcalf, but I have never seen anything like Megatron. Shout to Calvin Johnson. I haven't said his name yet. And he's so quiet. Dre is one of the quietest people, like. Oh, yeah. And no disrespect to Matt Shaw, but you know how we always talk about how, like, oh, well, you know, imagine this player in this era, like like a past player in, like, today's era. Let's, like, reverse. Imagine Deshaun Watson on those teams. Like, you know. Oh, I granted, Deshaun God. Watson did have DeAndre Hopkins. and no, I mean, no disrespect to Nuke. And Nuke's a fabulous wide receiver, but, like, Andre Johnson – was, was different. different. Like just, they played together for a few years. But People don't realize how big Andre Johnson was. Oh, he was a f- yeah. The the did you guys hear him on uh, I am athlete speak about that Corlin Finnegan beats? No, uh-uh. I didn't hear. I think Brandon, go back and listen. I'll send you guys the episode, but go back and listen to it. But um, Brandon Marshall, I believe. Looked at him and kind of brought it up and was like, "I gotta know, like, you don't talk, so like, did you tell did you tell him something beforehand?" And Dre laughed and Dre said he just told him that this ain't what he want. <laughs> I said, "Fam, bro, wait, is Cortland Finnegan not like Patrick Beverly?" We were talking <laughs> about Patrick Beverly before the show, just oh, trolls yeah. on the football field, dude. That's because uh, I mean. Like and hey. I, like, I kind of think Beverly's like a, like an actual solid player for like the role he plays, and that's kind of how Finnegan was. And and Finnegan it, had a couple years where he was a good What's up with him and his uh comparisons today? 
Okay, that's true because yeah, no, Beverly was never close to a star. I forgot Finnegan had years. I remember toward the end, Finnegan was kind of there. Kinda on. <laughs> was just to piss people off. Like I remember he'd always like, like get on people's under like their chins. Like I remember as a corner, he'd always like try to jab up here. Always. And he got away with it a lot. <laughs> Didn't and that's exactly where the fight started because Dre hit him under the chin, and he responded, and Dre snatched his helmet. Yeah, it started on the previous play. Like, and, they, exactly. They were going well, at, it started yeah. off game because that's why for Dre to say you don't want this. He was going at Dre the entire game. And this is not what you want, bro. This is not what you want to do. Yeah, Trust me. Trust me. Do you guys remember when AJ Green put Jalen Ramsey in a chokehold? <laughs> Just started wailing on him. <laughs> Absolutely. Get under your skin. Yeah. Is that the first time Jalen Ramsey has had issues? I mean. After the fact, Golden Tate. Yeah, we've 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 seen it. We've seen it happen. I don't even know where this show is going, but it's not going off the rails. I tell you that much. Um, let's talk some local news. We did just talk baseball really quick. Let's talk about the Aviators. Give you guys an update from the hometown Aviators, who, as always, are off on Wednesdays. Um, shout out to Jim Gemma. Me and Jim Gemma, we've been we've had one of our Tuesday exclusive or Wednesday exclusive interviews already with Don Logan. Uh, we aired it. On a Wednesday, we aired parts of it on a Wednesday, I believe. Um, or no, I, I lied. We talked about it on a Wednesday, and uh, we did it on a Sunday. Me and Jim Gemma are still trying to actively figure out what schedule works, trying to get manager Fran Reardon. Again, baseball is a long season, so we'll, we'll, we will get that squared away uh, as soon as possible. But the Aviators lost four of six on the road in Salt Lake to the Bees. Get this, guys. Celine, we've talked about relief pitching for a lot, a lot when it comes to this team pretty much all season long. Five of the six games weren't decided until the eighth inning or later. They, I'm trying to remember. If I'm trying to think about the full number. The Aviators had two – they overcame two blown saves in game one of the series, and they won it. And then they had a blown save in game two of the series, and they lost it. If I recall correctly, I believe the Aviators had at least one more blown save over the course of the six-game series. If that's the case, that's four blown saves in six games. How do we feel, guys? Like a roll this chop chop man tonight. You see his face? He's on the verge of tears. I'm about to take Tyler's microphone, fam. <laughs> I mean, dude, he gave up fucking five runs in the. Because in the midst of a super book like we're in, there's so much on. And that image from earlier tonight is burned into my brain. So I'm just mad that you brought that up. Because you're right. Like, it's, there's a moment of disbelief when you see a game unravel and you just kind of sit there, like. Yeah. Like, this is my game. Is this happening? Relief pitcher Jordan Weems hasn't had or didn't have the best series. Uh, I believe he had a blown save um, that the team – no, I take that back. He lost the game. He wasn't even credited with the loss, but he came in, bases loaded, and walked home the winning run. And I believe two nights later gave up the game-winning home run. Or the game-winning run, at least. So, we've talked about A.J. Puck. We p- now we're talking about um, Jordan Weems. So, this bullpen is going to be something that I feel me and Fran will be talking about a lot this season. Um, 
Currently, the Aviators are 23 and 25, third place in the Western Division of the AAA West. They are four games behind Tacoma for second place, and they're obviously they're eight games out of first place uh, behind Reno. Tomorrow, their series starts at home against the Sacramento River Cats. Formerly Celine's favorite team, the Sacramento River Cats. We all know he's an Isotopes fan now. Was it really? Yeah. You know it's on. You know we like it's on wax. We got you switching oh, allegiance. It was a long internal decision for you. Did it come down to jerseys? Shout out to Mozzie, huh? Did you have the finale of Breaking Bad on in the background while you made the decision? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's, that's what it was. Baby Blue. <laughs> that's what it is. Playing in the background. Um, speaking of the aviators, really quick, we'll end it with this. A uh, lot of moves this month in terms of, of this team. Tanner Anderson was released earlier this year. Brian Schlitter was released earlier, earlier this year. Cam Bedrosian. 11 years in the big leagues, 10 years with the Angels, one year, one year, excuse me, with the uh, Cincinnati Reds, was called up earlier this season from the Aviators to the Oakland A's. He was designated for assignment today, um, or yesterday, pardon, yesterday. Uh, in the midst of that, Frank Schwindel, who was the Aviators team leader in home runs and RBIs, at least was the Aviators team leader, uh, was called up yesterday on his birthday. Do you guys know how he celebrated his birthday today? With a win, hopefully. There was a win, but there was also a home run off the bat of Frank Schwindel. Oh, shit. Gotta feel great, right? Shout out to Frank Schwindel. (coughs) Excuse me. Tyler, we got nine minutes left in this first hour. And now it's about you and Fleury time. Talk to us, man, because he, he continues to, to do the unthinkable. So, uh, did you like my line? I don't know if you read it, but did you like my line about how Robin Leonard was quiet on Twitter? Absolutely. And that? I like the fact that w- in, in the world of journalism, we all know that one sentence equals one paragraph. That is probably the shortest sentence in your story. I mean, th- yeah, the shortest sentence in your entire story. Yeah. Um. Nah, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if a – I don't know if a trade makes sense, but um, but because of like what I mean, Flurry's his value you can't can't put a price on it for all the times he's bailed them out, all the just the professionalism he brings, um, the leadership, guys on the team love him, the fan base absolutely loves him, but logistically he's older, or logically I should say uh, he's older, he has one year left on his deal, he's expensive. I mean, you've already traded for Leonard and you gave him a contract. So, as much as I don't like that premise, it's there. It's something. It's you know, it's palpable. Um, and then most of all, Leonard or not Leonard, Flurry got you as far as he did in the playoffs, and you didn't start him in the last two games. Granted, he did have a pretty big blunder in Game Three, but one of the uh, when you mentioned your powerful uh, line from uh, your story, 
<clears throat> excuse me. If you guys are unfamiliar, check out Tyler's, uh, I, I guess we got to say last official regular, or not even regular season, but last official season uh, story from uh, Tyler. You can go ahead and check that out on TalkThatTalkRadio.com. Once again, that is TalkThatTalkRadio.com. Uh, I thought the, one of the best uh, lines from you was the fact that Flurry had to watch the Vegas Golden Knights be eliminated from the sidelines. And I think that was – and it was early in this. It might have been draft number two. And that was the, that was the sentence for me. Yeah, and uh, after, you know, really he carried them for a good portion of the playoffs, I feel like. The offense, you know, it's – Recurring theme, it's not there in the playoffs for whatever reason, right? The forwards, they always seem to struggle. Stone had no points against Montreal, which I'm glad he owned up to it, you know, and not just like, oh, well, they played good defense. No, like, you got to own up to that shit. Right. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I feel – I don't want to say it's – I mean, it kind of is disrespectful, but at the same time, like, if DeBoer really thought their best chance to win was, was with Leonard, um, I mean, that's that. But, yeah, I mean, Tom Fleury – Flurry would never admit it, but yeah, I'm probably pissed. I'm like, you know, pfft. all right, thanks. I mean, I just fucking busted my ass for two straight grueling playoff series, but whatever, it's fine. And I just recently did this too. We have five minutes left in this first hour. I just recently did this too. I went back and listened to, um, <coughs> excuse me, Shaq on Auto Smoke. Mm-hmm. Shaq was a guest on the Auto Smoke podcast, and he said that um, Dennis Scott told him when he was in Orlando that. Uh, you have to – you got to own it. Like, you got to – I take that back. Was he even – was he even in Orlando yet? He was. And <coughs> – excuse me. And he said that basically he said you have to force your hand sometimes. And he said the first time he ever did it, he said he was shooting blue chips. He said he saw a player going off, and he was like, who was he? And somebody was like, oh, it's – a dude named Penny Hardaway. Shaq said his first response was, is he an actor? <laughs> and they were like, no. Like, they think he's going to be a top three pick in the NBA draft. He said that was the first time where he went to Orlando and said, if you don't get this Penny kid, like, I'm I'm not, I'm out of here after my contract is up. He said in the draft night, he got Chris Webber. He said he's breaking shit in the house. He said, and then he hears later on that the trade came through and he got Penny. Mm-hmm. So... I say all of that to say, Alex proposed something probably right when the season started, maybe before the season. Especially after seeing this, if you're Pittsburgh, do you go all in on Marc Andre Fleury again? Mm. I want the last two years of Marc Andre Fleury, and he's going to retire with us. Absolutely. If I'm Pittsburgh, I'm not starting next season without Marc Andre Fleury. Mm. If I'm Vegas, I'm not giving him up. But we've talked about Pete DeBoer and how we don't think he feels like us. Yeah, not at all. Stubborn. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, there, there's something there. Um, we'll see. I saw reports saying that like changes will be minimal, but I mean, you got to look at it from, you know, a team building standpoint, right? Running a team. I mean, that's never the easy thing to do, but yeah. Salim said it uh, last episode too. Salim said not, especially so the, so the point that they got don't necessarily got to blow it up, mm. but I think it's inevitable. You got to shake it up. Yeah, mm. I think if they would have lost Minnesota in the first round, there'd be major changes. But 
that's where everybody kind of feels. All right, so I think we're out of this first hour. I'm not going to say unscathed, but we, we, we made it through. We made it through, guys. When we finish up, or when we get back, we're going to finish up with local news. We still got some uh, aces to talk. And then we're going to talk NBA playoffs. We have a lot of NBA playoffs to talk about. Um, and then we have a, a – I don't want to say it's a new segment. Hopefully it don't become a segment. But I do have one of these chapters on my paper called Injury Report. We will get to that shortly, guys. Hour number two of Talk That Talk coming up shortly. Talk That Talk radio show records twice weekly from the beautiful Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino from the clubhouse. This is formerly the largest super book in the world, excuse me, the largest sports book in the world for over 50 years. And this is formerly the largest hotel in the world for nearly a decade. If you want to be a part of this illustrious history, please come visit us at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Once again, come visit us at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Um, we just ended that first um, hour talking about Mark andre Fleury. Do you want to talk about his award really quick? Yeah, well, uh, first his first Vizina Award. Um, congrats, Fleury. I uh, hope you're here next year. Uh, if not, it's your absolute best. Uh, 36 years old. Um, I'm yeah, assuming man. he'll be here next year, but I don't know. You never know. Absolutely. And I think this is the perfect time to, despite them not being in the Stanley Cup Finals, we're not going to ignore a, a pro sport championship by no means. So me and Celine talked about it before, and we've been pretty high on Tampa Bay since the beginning of the season, probably before the season started. Um, we talked about those betting numbers. And going into the uh, first game at Stanley Cup Finals, the Tampa Bay Lightning were minus 275 favorites Point. opening the series, coming oh, okay, in. Okay, okay. And I told Salim, with the disrespect that clearly all of hockey has been paying to Montreal this year, I said this would just be the icing on the cake, wouldn't it? Through the first two games of this Stanley Cup, it hasn't been. No. The Tampa Bay Lightning looked like the Tampa Bay Lightning. My friend Adam's a huge hockey fan. He's saying, like, you know, dynasties don't really happen in hockey. They haven't happened since Gretzky and the Oilers. But, like, the Tampa Bay Lightning, we might be looking at, like, the first, like, that. He, I mean, this is from him. He, uh, shout out to Adam. But he said, like, yeah, this might be, like, the first dynasty we've seen in hockey since Gretzky's Oilers. So I was like, damn. I had to put the mic down because I like hot takes. And you said that the headband was for the hot takes today. <laughs> that's from that's from our friend Adam. So, <laughs> Celine. Shout out to we Adam. We just did this. We just did this. Three years ago, I called Tampa Bay. Their fans have had it well. Tampa Bay sports fans have had it well. These, I mean, they that went through true. they went through two decades or more than two decades. They went through some shit. But, yeah, no, they, uh, they've had it well the last couple of years. I went through and looked – Three years ago, and I said it's the it's the lightning. The lightning is where I'm where I'm going. They were the best team in hockey. They were upset in the first round. Last year, I was pretty high on Dallas, and then they lose to the oh that's yeah. And then they lose to the lightning. This year, I said yeah, sounds about right. I'm feeling the lightning again. That would be three consecutive years that I was pretty high on Tampa. When you said dynasty, I put down the microphone because. Did I subconsciously pick a dynasty, too? <laughs> I don't know what it is about Tampa Bay, but they had a feel this season that they were going to be there in the end. Mm -hmm. 
regardless. And I don't know how much of that, and I would love to just hear, I haven't done too much uh, listening to their press conferences. I would love to hear what their head coaches or anybody on that staff has had to say about the championship hangover and how much went into avoiding it or putting a cap on it. Like, I, I give us a month. I give us two weeks. Whatever the case may be to get the, to shake the ring rust, the ice rust, I should say, the rink rust. But it seems like they never had a low moment this year. I'm about to shit all over the Los Angeles Lakers. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the fact that they won in the bubble and uh, – wasn't really fluky at all. Yeah, that's right. I know you Laker fans are seething right now. Oh, my uh, God. And the fact brutal. that they're defending their title. More first-round exits. Hey. Hey. Tyler has – Tyler lives. Tyler absolutely lives and breathes for moments like that. That's all he wanted. Like, he he's waited the full hour and five minutes for that moment. That's all he wanted to do, guys. Are you you done for tonight? I w- close to it. Now we got more basketball coming up. Kind of kind of wish the Clippers would have won, just so I can just keep just pushing the. Wait, so the, pu- your hate for the Lakers is that deep? Who runs LA? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> nah, no, 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 no. But uh, no, nah, dude, I kind of <laughs> like I would have been that guy if the Clippers oh my like God. even if they just lost in the finals. I'm like, All right, well. <laughs> in all seriousness, nah, when the the Clippers. One game five in Phoenix, but at one point, uh, Phoenix had a lead, and um, the fans started a beat LA chant. And I'm not gonna lie to you, the fans didn't even sound like they believed it. And I don't mean the fact that they didn't believe that they could beat the Clippers. It's like they started the chant and kind of looked around at each other and was like, "Ain't this what I'm like? This don't really feel the same." Saying beat LA. Like, we, we 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 eventually will. We don't really view you guys that way. And I I, I didn't want to say it, but I was at home literally scratching my head like, is that a beat LA chant? And then it, that's when everything kind of just surfaced. And I was like, no, people just hate the city of Los Angeles. Correct. <laughs> Celine, can I get a No, no. Why would you why would you do that? <laughs> LA or Jacksonville? LA? Yes. I can't believe you're thinking about this. Your answer should have been LA regardless. Shout out to Jacksonville. Yeah, two things. Uh, I don't make enough money to like actually live in Los Angeles. <laughs> so in hindsight, I mean I Speaking of L.A., let's talk about the Sparks. Uh, they were absolutely demolished tonight. They went ahead and signed uh, formerly number three overall pick Lauren Cox, who was released by the Indiana Fever earlier this week. The Aces beat the Sparks 99-75. to Shout out to Duna. Shout out to Deontay Hagler. We were just talking about him before the show. And Duna has been pretty consistent in putting this in his stories. He continues to keep track of offensive and defensive efficiency. He continues to highlight that the team is at the top of both of them. 
And then we get to looking at these numbers. When's the last time you've seen this many 90-point games in a WNBA season? I'm not gonna lie, I've been pretty ignorant about the WNBA prior to this season, so I can't. Celine, can you Google their schedule for me or pull up their schedule for me and give me how many 90-point games they have this year? Can't give you a straight answer. I believe they led the league last year in scoring with 88 points. Okay. So looking into this season and them adding back Liz Cambage, who of course sat out last season, you're adding Chelsea Gray. We were actually here on Sunday when the show or uh, when the uh, ending the show when the Aces and the Storm were heading into overtime, Chelsea Gray did hit a game-winning shot in overtime, hit the game-winning shot in overtime, and uh, the almost hit the Sparks. And the Aces beat the Storm 95-92. to They overcame 35 points and 11 rebounds from Brianna Stewart. Now, we've talked before about how Brianna Stewart is, of course, a walking bucket, but she does it in a way to where we kind of expect it. The 35-11? and to win a game where the other team's best player gives you 35 and 11, this team is something special. Two over 100, correct? Both. Championship or bust? I don't want to go there after <laughs> after, all, after all those conversations we've had about the other professional. <laughs> you mean the Raiders? Never mind. Um, I get Devontae Adams. What is your problem, bro? Oh, bro, I actually forgot you were a Packers fan. I'm sorry. I, I for saying I totally just. Why? <laughs> what is your What is your deal? Nah. This has nothing to do with nothing. <laughs> like you didn't no. you didn't took a shot at this you didn't took a shot at the land. You didn't take a shot at the Angels? You didn't take a shot at the Packers? Are you okay? See, I don't know why Devontae Adams would want to play. I mean, I know him and Derek Carr were teammates in college, but, like. <laughs> it's Vegas. I know, but it's, it's also Derek Carr. Right? What just happened to the show? <laughs> what just happened to the show? <laughs> He's very serious. But time out. But if you do that, if you do that. Allegiant Stadium belongs to UNLV football. Which oh, one is worse? Jesus. We should just have a we should just have a Las Vegas football league and like you can like we can do two and touch flag. Guys. You said that seriously. Yeah, I would. No, I would First of all, that would be a crazy concert venue. But just to have that as a concert venue is nuts. Making them go play in Sam Some Boyd high school. is nuts, <laughs> Making them go play it back at Sam Boyd is nuts. Make them play in the Legion parking lot until they score some touchdowns. Yeah, for real. Um, in all seriousness, I'll say this really quick. Um, and I heard this. I don't know how true it is. Somebody told me that they're season ticket holders for UNLV football. Oh. I almost offered my condolences. I didn't know what happened. Yeah, for real. Um, tell them I said just. 
but when he said it, he was smiling, and I was a little confused. I was like, oh, what's what's happening right now? And he said that the, he, they just got an email about um, this upcoming season. Guys, get this. So I'm thinking a million things in my head for what they're reaching out for, especially after COVID, not having fans, whatever. They reached out to say that they – or they already reached out previously to let them know that they were going to honor the season tickets from 2020. You damn right you are. Um, so that wasn't what th- what they reached out about, obviously. Do you know that that person, that season ticket holder, was reached out to by UNLV football per him or her? <laughs> and they said that they were just letting the season ticket holder know that tailgating prices are going up. I looked at the season ticket holder and said, I hope they win you a game first before you pay for that tailgating price. I would have replied with, like, the ESPN schedule from last year for the UNLV football, like, all the schedule, like, the final, you know, like, loss, you know, the big all red L. I would have just – I just would have respond, responded to this with the screenshot. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just proud a bunch of facts about the team from last year and be like, did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Bro, we could be like like the X, Y, and Z wide receivers on the roster, and, and it, wouldn't it wouldn't change a fucking thing. Yeah. I, I mean, we'd probably catch a touchdown, though. <laughs> I feel I feel good about my odds. No, I, I'm not going to hold you guys. I believe in myself wholeheartedly. So I'm never oh, yeah. going to say I'm not catching a touchdown if I'm out there. Dude, I used to me. study Victor Cruz's, like, slot footwork. <laughs> you think I'm full of shit? I'm not, dude. Nah, but I had a joke about you studying Victor Cruz out of everybody. Um, no disrespect to Victor <laughs> Cruz. I just had to, I had to take a shot at the Giants. I had to. I had no real basis for that. I have no hate for Victor Cruz. Not not one. <laughs> I just had to let Tyler have it. Can I give you a hot take? Go ahead. You've been doing it all show. I think um, I don't think we ever really got to see it because of injury, but I think Akeem Nix uh, would have been a better like all around receiver than Cruz. Keem Nix was that guy. Keem Nix was a fucking baller. That guy. He just, his knees just were, yeah. Everything below the waist could not. But what is worth that Mario Manningham catch, I thought that that would have been Hakeem Nix in that moment. Well, that was Belichick's plan, like anyone but Nix and Cruz. And And there you go, Mario Manningham, Super Bowl legend. Um, Excuse me. Also important to note that the WNBA will be, or excuse me, the WNBA All-Star Game will be taking place July 14th. Shout out to my big mama. Rest in peace, big mama. That is her birthday, July 14th. The WNBA All-Star Game will be hosted at Michelob Ultra Arena over there on the Strip, guys. So that's going to be fun to see. You got Team USA and you have the uh, WNBA All-Stars. Four aces will be in that game. Chelsea Gray and Aja Wilson are a part of Team USA. Jackie Young, excuse me, and Liz Cambage are on the WNBA All-Stars. I'm excited to see how that game turns out. I'm excited to see the ladies just have some fun. Uh, oh, that's what I thought. So, yeah. So, now that we're talking basketball really quick, before we hop into basketball, we're probably going to end it by talking playoffs. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's talk injury report. You guys ready? 
Before we get into this, I've already thank you because I don't even know where to start. Um, well, uh, you can't hurt me anymore, just because <laughs> I I saw the report that Zion is already unhappy. So you can go ahead and literally like punch me in the face five <laughs> times, and I still wouldn't feel a tenth of you. Just know, yeah. I just all right. Well, all right. fuck it. Um, I think Zion's stepdad's unhappy out of everyone. I think he's the one who leaked the, uh, and I don't blame him. Um, shit, if I saw my son out there busting his ass, but just to watch Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe fucking break the backboard with all the missed shots. That's yeah. cool, too, but why do I feel like the family's issue is Brandon Ingram and the fact that he's sharing his superstardom? No, it's not. They, they love Brandon. Okay. I promise you. I okay. promise you. You're the, you're the, you're the superstar of the, t- or you're the, um... You're our residential uh, Pelican fan, so I'm not going to argue with you about New Orleans. Trust me. I legitimately think, like, Zion's family was super upset that, um, like, Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Jackson Hayes didn't play that much. Uh, they played a lot toward the end when, um, like, because of, like, injuries and other stuff. But Nikhil missed a lot of time anyways. But I think, like, because – That is a wild Well, no, but I think they're just mad that Bledsoe played so many fucking minutes for the Pelicans last year. But at some point, okay. I hate to say it, but then don't say that Zion is unhappy. Like I hate to say it, but you're better off. Not granted. I don't know the situation, and I don't know exactly how you guys feel like Zion is gonna deal with confrontation. You're better off saying that. You know what I mean? Zion's unhappy with Eric Bledsoe. You're better off saying that. All I'm saying is the city of New Orleans has done nothing but embrace Zion. Well, Zion has done the exact same thing. So for the family's report to come out, it's just like. You could really damage that. And here's the thing. So after that, a bunch of like a, a lot of Pelican B re- reporters, because that, that story came out from, I think, Shams and Will Gilroy, who writes for the Pelicans. But Shams, we all know Shams is like a national reporter. Right. A lot of Pelicans B reporters have immediately got on and said, OK, well, that's you know, that sucks and all. But Zion fucking loves New Orleans. He embraces it, has it, wears them on his shoulders. He just wants to win. And I don't blame him like I, I'd be frustrated as shit too. Now, I think <laughs> I saw. So I I don't even know how funny this is, but I think it's fucking hilarious. Someone on Twitter said Zion's stepdad needs to get a job. <laughs> In response to that, that was like the top comment. I thought that should, that dude. I was literally like in tears. The best comments on social media are the shortest ones. Oh, for real. I knew you was about to bring it up. I knew you was about to bring it up. I knew, let's not do that. Because I had a joke for that, too, and I'm not going to do it. With Anthony Davis' father? Yeah. I didn't even know about Anthony's father. So he, s- he screwed us out of Jason Tatum. Really? You see that? He got so much of a beef with AD that he mentioned no, AD's bro. dad before he mentioned Lonzo's dad. I thought you was going to mention LeVar. No, no, LeVar's just I – lo- I love LeVar. But, but add um, LeVar to that mix and LeVar would be the head honcho. What are you talking about? No, because Davis – Davis's father came out and, like, basically said, like, yeah, my son won't re-sign with Boston, which took them out of the trade thing. And they were willing to give up Tatum. Bro, imagine him with Lowry. <laughs> I love Ingram. I love, I love Lonzo, nigga. I like Hart, but Tatum? Oh, hey, man. Or even Brown? Shit. We seen the way Boston looked when, Jay, when Jalen Brown went down. Speaking of actually teams going down, or players going down. Yeah, let's get to the big one. Right back to, to, to the drawing board again for Zach Collins. Refractures his foot. Last played in August of 2020. Las Vegas native. Um, well, he got injured again. Refractured his foot yesterday. <laughs> what the? At least the news broke fuck? yesterday. Dude. 
again, shout out to Alex White, who uh, says that she sees Zach every now and again at her brother's uh, rehab facility. And um, it seems like she'll be seeing him a little bit more after this recent news. And like I said before, this the you, you guys can kind of hear the tone in, in my voice. Um, <coughs> excuse me. All of us haven't played sports before. We know that injuries happen. Um, decline is what I'm always worried about because that is a mental it, – it, it's, it's mentally taxing. It's mentally draining. Um, and it's it, – it, it, it can break a person. Mm-hmm. It can break a person. So, <coughs> excuse me, uh, I guess we can have a, a somewhat of a sports conversation here really quick. But we've talked all our lives about big men and injuries. Does this look like this is going to be an issue for Zach Collins for the rest of the – or moving forward, I'll say. Oh, for sure. It already has. Um, okay, the last time I bring up the Pelicans. Um, <laughs> I thought you about to bring up my teams again. I'm about to say, you know what? No. No. We're going to end this. Whenever, like – Especially when Davis is here. I, I guess that was the last time Collins played. I'm not even trying to, like, throw shade, but I think that was the last time Collins was, like, act- actually healthy. He actually played Davis pretty tough. Like, oh, Zach as, can go. Yeah. Like, Zach he, can he's go. Got, he got, he's got dog in him. Like, I remember he gave Jokic fit. Not fit. Well, maybe not fits, but, like, he gave Jokic a fight. He was a thorn in the side. Yeah. At so, the very least. So, And I mean, we've seen how he stepped in when Nurk went down two years ago. And then when Nurk got back, he went down. And literally from that moment, they haven't had both of them on the same page since. Exactly. So Zach Collins, the best version of Zach Collins that we've seen, we haven't seen with a, a fully healthy team around him. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what Dame, CJ, Zach Collins, and Nurkic, a healthy Nurkic looks like in the postseason. Now, granted, I didn't even mention anybody at the three because it could have been Robert uh, Covington. It could have been Norman Powell. But that's – the the differences that we've had in terms of injuries for Zach Collins. So I just wish the best for him. Um, second injury report or second note that I have on the injury report. My dad mentioned this, Celine, last month about Serena Williams and um, mentioned the possibility of her retiring. And then we, of course, brought up our, our age-old conversation of asking your goats to walk away. And after this one, me and my dad had a good conversation about it because this next one is about Serena Williams, who retired from Wimbledon with an injury to her right leg after slipping on center court. She left the uh, match with everything, or excuse me, with everything tied up 3 all in the first set. It's the first time that she's left a major, she's had to retire from a major since 1998. And she is actively recovering from foot surgery. Um... React. How do we go? How do we feel? Yeah, at some point, even uh, Father Time is undefeated. It's unfortunate, but do we want Serena Williams to walk away? No, because I, I mean, I think it gets to a point where like you've accomplished so much that no matter w- what you do, you can't really hurt everything you've already accomplished, right? Right. Um. Like, I, uh, there's people who oddly try to, like, talk about how Jordan couldn't drag the Wizards to the playoffs in, like, 2002 and shit. It's like, dude, like, go outside. Touch grass. Like, like go, go get some fucking oxygen. We're like, what are you doing? You know? Like, are you going to use that to discredit <laughs> everything you did in Chicago and how, like, he dominated the NBA and just was a worldwide I mean, phenomenon? Or <coughs> excuse me. No, let's, let's, let's talk about it for a split second because people – say 
that Scottie Pippen couldn't win without Jordan. I said, the man that became the star of a team when Jordan randomly retired and was one foul call away from an NBA Finals appearance without Jordan, that guy can't play basketball? That guy shouldn't give KD critiques? That guy shouldn't? Bro, kiss my ass. Why he shouldn't? I think people are just shitting on uh, – I don't know if, like, you mean, like, just over, the, like, the course of time or, like, recently. Cause I no, know I'm talking about people's sports – not everybody, but some sports fans' takes, like you just said, it's – you can't discredit it's, – it's like the Kyrie Irving thing. Oh, Ky- we understand the injury, but it's like, oh, Kyrie Irving, let's see how he looked in Boston. Let's see how he looked um, in New York or um, with the Nets before uh, KD came. I saw – that man averaged 27, damn near 28 points in Cleveland's only title. What are you talking to me about? Well, like, yeah. I'm just saying that he has the right to talk. Right, that's where I'm at with it. Exactly. I love KD's responses with more. <laughs> like, fam, you the one that wouldn't go into the game when Coach Drew. Because it's true. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. You're not that guy. Are you that guy? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Bro, the best part about that video was when he said, are you that guy? Oh. Oh. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> he was like, oh, me? Oh. You talking to me? <laughs> yeah, thinking he was going to win, like. <laughs> fam. <laughs> it kind of reminds me. I don't know if you ever seen the one of um, the one guy where he's like telling dude that he's like he's gonna. F- no. Oh, and the dude who posted like, <laughs> I think like he was a, he's, he's a former army vet or whatever, but like he's like, he looks just as bad. Like you don't see him ever in the video, but the stuff he says, like I'm like you're no better. I mean you're trying <laughs> to really to say, you're trying to expose this dude. He I mean he's ragging on your mom and you're just letting it. Like what the fuck wrong with you? And we do a lot on this show, and I think that might be the first thing that we might actually have to bleep. That's funny. Um, but the funny thing is about that, it's perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's where you're – it's if you can identify where the person is coming from. Like Salim just said, I didn't agree with anything that Scottie Pippen said about KD. So? Like, he yeah, believes exactly. it. Somebody that I respect believes it. So, Cool. I, I think just, you're wrong. I just know Scotty's been catching a lot of fire lately because I guess he's been dropping some like takes because he has. A he's got a book coming. Yeah, so everyone. Yeah. So I mean, but it's like. Yeah, that's. I mean, that situation in itself is. That it, for what it's worth. We know that he's selling a book, but that particular portion of his life has trickled into sports too much. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's really weird. It's really uncomfortable. And that's something that we've talked about on the podcast before, but it, it that has trickled into sports too much. So, again, similar to what Tyler just said, we wonder how much of this is just for the book. Like, just for the book sales, you you know, it's not like people are going to forget about Scotty. But if you hear, see my name in the news a couple times and then you hear I got a book drop and where I'm telling everything, you're probably going to want to go go pick up that book. Um. Let's talk, 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 talk basketball now. I think this is the time. We can talk some NBA. Uh, 30 more minutes left in the show, as a matter of fact, so we might as well go try to do it. 
The Suns. The Phoenix Suns, man. I know Aiden is elated. I laughed when Aiden said he was a Suns fan. That happened. I thought you said Aiden at first. I was like, oh, DeAndre Aiden? Yeah, I was like. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah. (laughs) Shout out to Aiden Sabira so I could let everybody know what I was talking about. Shout out to Aiden Sabira. Uh, Yeah, man. He said he was a Suns fan on here, and I I laughed to his face. And I probably (laughs) would do it again. Well, you know what's funny is remember we were talking about Aiden, like, uh, like you guys are going to close the Lakers out in six. He's like, uh, <laughs> how hesitant he was. Mm-hmm. That's that's like that's that's a Suns fan talking right there. Well, I think the thing was he was confident in the fact that they were going to win, but he just didn't want to get too ahead of himself. Oh, yeah. No, he was like, and oh, he was oh, just oh. like, I've seen it go left, like, yeah, quickly. Like, nah. <laughs> and I don't know whether that's him knowing Chris Paul's history or him, like you said, being a Suns fan, but one I of the two. Both. But probably both. Probably, probably both. both. And we've talked about it before, and I know you guys, if, if you guys follow this show, since it was at Cerritos in 2014, I have been very, very vocal. You give me the chance to start my team with any of these point guards that are active right now. And at the time, that was, what, 2014? I said it's – I'm going to say Derrick Rose. I said it's Chris Paul, and it's not close. When I was in high school, I said that. The only point guard – that made me say, maybe I would start an organization with him. Don't laugh at me, guys. Is Darren Williams? I would have said Taylor Horton Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even a Laker fan, but you got one more shot to take at LA. You got one more, and I just feel the need that I have to defend the land. Just relax, relax. Because I know by the end of this conversation, we got some more Suns talk to go. There's gonna be something about Aiden, probably. Uh, so let's just wait for it. Um, I'm gonna start formulating. But <laughs> but in all seriousness, 28 years since the last time that the Phoenix Suns have made the uh, the NBA Finals, first time in Chris Paul's career. I've been very very vocal about Chris Paul seemingly having some of the worst luck in NBA history in terms of of injuries. And I tell my dad, you could believe that he didn't have bad luck all you want. The year that Blake Griffin went down and the year that it looked like he was still going to lead the Clippers past the Blazers, breaking his hand by placing it on somebody's back while they attempted a layup was it for me. I said, how does a hand even break in that position? So I will say that for for a while it got to a point to where Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul were two names that I was looking at like one of them has to get one, right? God, I hope Melo gets one. Well, I love CP. Like, well, I don't love CP, but God, I hope Melo gets one. And in that thought process, part of me came to the realization that one or maybe both may not win one. Yeah. And now we're here and Chris Paul is – as I said before, this is the third NBA Finals in history for the Phoenix Suns and the first in the illustrious career of Chris Paul. Uh, before this year, he was he ranked number one in minutes played, points per game. Um, it was something else, maybe assists. For um, he would be ranked number one in all of those categories for players that had not been to the NBA Finals. Hmm. So. Now he's there. So you could take him off of that list. I'm sure that is one list he didn't want to be on. So uh, you can take Chris Paul off of that one. As we're looking at Chris Paul, take pictures with the Western Conference trophy with DeAndre Aiden. 
I remember, and one thing I keep sticking out in my mind, when the Lakers went up 2-1, or I believe in the series 2-1, maybe try to say tight at 2-2, um, <laughs> I asked you guys if Phoenix wins another game this series. Fast forward to now, and the Phoenix Suns are in the NBA Finals. Um, mm-hmm. So much to talk about. Uh, extremely happy for Monty Williams. Extremely happy for Monty Williams. Um, one of the most humble people to be around. Um, one of the most thoughtful people to be around. Um, one of the most faith-driven people to be around. So, hard not to be extremely excited for Monty Williams. Um, Amazing, just amazing, amazing story. Devin Booker, we know about his ties to Kobe. We know about Devin Booker, uh, just the makeup that he has. Everybody calls him an old soul. Uh, looks like he was born for this moment. Um, think of like, think of how hard, like, say the Suns won the finals. Think of how hard that first video is going to be, where it's like the hype video, like the post-run championship, but it's going to start out with Monty Williams' speech in the bubble after they went eight and zero. It's going to start with that, and then like just cut to like. The team hoisting the trophy. Oh, dude, that's gonna be. I'm like, you I sound like you're applying for a job over yeah, in Phoenix. Goosebumps. You good over there? You applying yeah. for a job in Phoenix? No, but uh, you could do that. Like I know, like if I gave you like 15 <laughs> minutes and a bunch of clips, you would be like, all right, give me a second. Let me let me knock this out really quick. Yeah. Um, I mean, in all seriousness, you you just hit the nail right on the head. They found something in the bubble, mm. and then you add Chris Paul to that. You add, and for what it's worth, people haven't talked about it. Celine, why am I calling you about this? It's We're talking about the Phoenix Suns. We're talking about going to the NBA Finals. I'm going to talk about something that nobody has mentioned yet, and I'm hopefully going to be the first person outside of the state of Florida to say this. Jay Crowder is in back-to-back NBA Finals. The ultimate role player. And he's not talked about enough. That's why I said I don't think I'm the first person outside of Florida that's mentioning this right now. I'm questioning y'all right now. It's not about saving the team, but I think you you mentioned it before. He yes, he is inconsistent, but you know one thing that is very consistent, his attitude. For what it's worth, sorry to cut you off, but I, we, we talked about this a second ago with Carmelo Anthony. Somebody told me on social media that Carmelo was washed up, and I was like, Carmelo can still be a valuable piece on a contending te- on a contending team. And the person told me, I'm sure his five shots will take a, a team over the top. And I said, I, I think I just put the shake in my head emoji because in my mind I was like, fam, you sound so crazy right now, because in the game of basketball, if Carmelo Anthony is not starting. And Carmelo shoots five of nine, five of 11. Those are nine times out of 10 very big points. I say all of that to say, Jay Crowder, like you just said, yeah, he may be, you know what I mean, inconsistent as all hell. 
but his three made shots throughout the course of the game and consistent toughness throughout the course of a game, I truthfully believe that while, like you said, that may not have changed much for you guys, that's what you can't say that you guys weren't missing that. I love Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza, shout out to Westchester. You already know my brother. We think Jay Crowder would have been better in the position in, uh, than Trevor Ariza this year. Absolutely. Was he more solid this season than Jay was last year? That you even think about it. Yeah, it's like you can't have everybody. You can't sign everybody. And if they signed Jay that deal, and then he did this, you know, similar thing to what uh, James Johnson did when Miami signed him, every Heat fan would have been calling for Pat Riley's job. And it's like you can't really. We don't know. Jay Crowder prior to his season. I I just want to know how early into their time together this year did Devin Booker and Jay Crowder have the conversation about their interaction from years ago when Devin Booker dropped 70, when the Boston Celtics beat the Phoenix Suns, and Jay Crowder. They posted the, the picture like Wilt with the 70, and Jay Crowder's comment was, I've never seen so many guys happy after an L in my life. And Devin Booker's only response was, you can't guard me. I thought that was so funny. I said, because Jake, because Devin Booker was like, yeah, I don't care. My team is bad. So you can't guard me. <laughs> I just yeah. thought it was funny. That's why yeah. I thought it was hilarious. It's like, fam, I put up 70. You can't talk to me right now. <laughs> Long live Beam, man. I'm pretty sure Devin Booker became Kobe's favorite player when he put up 70 on the Celtics. I think that was it. <laughs> that was it. That's what Kobe was like. That kid right there. That's the one. He don't like the green either. Um, but in all seriousness, the Suns will be waiting for either the Bucks or the Hawks. Uh, the Hawks tied the series at two. After winning game four, despite not having Trey Young due to a bone bruise in his right foot, um, really quick, let's let's touch on that really quick. We didn't touch, we didn't mention it during the injury report, but we do have some more injuries to report, especially in this series. Let's talk about Trey Young first. What's you guys' interpretation of that, Tyler? I'll start with you in terms of him stepping on the ref's foot. What? How do we feel about that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just some like just unfortunate timing, you know, shit luck. But uh, nah, Trey's a tough mother. <laughs> Yeah, He's a tough guy, bro. Tough, yeah. Trey is tough, man. Um, I think it's kind of, it's kind of amazing how we see all these really small guards like Curry and Trey, Dame. These guys like 
they've done a good job of keeping themselves healthy, you know, because the biggest knock of a lot of these guys is, oh, like, they're going to get pushed around and beat right. up. And granted, like, Curry early in his career had, a, like, had those problems. He had a ton of ankle issues. Dame's never really been injury prone or injured, that, to be honest. Um, but Trey, yeah, he's always been healthy, right? Like, he – Trey – there's plays where like <laughs> Dwight Howard will just fucking like hip check him, and Trey goes flying into the stanchion, falls on his neck, and just gets up, and it's just, just just there. Like I don't know that that toughness. Um, I think Trey will be back soon. Um, most dev- well, um, I think Giannis will be back too soon. Well, maybe not too soon, but I mean after the horrible like diagnosis at first, everyone's like, oh, it's a torn ACL, and then uh, you know, thankfully it was just a. Uh, Hyper, just a hyperextended knee, but I mean, right. they, when they say no structural damage, and we can talk about it right now, you you literally just said it, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, legs don't bend that way. Yeah, that was. I actually just saw it for the first time when they were replaying on one of these TVs. I didn't watch. Really? I didn't watch it last night, but um, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, man. I don't know. And what I will say, for what it's worth, um, I told you guys plenty of times on this on this uh, platform. It's like a weird connection that we have but it's a connection nonetheless and i feel like i bring this up all the time but anytime we talk about major injuries i'm gonna bring up my achilles injury it's just always gonna happen anytime we bring up serious injuries daryl's gonna bring up his acl anytime daryl feels like an achilles goes he texts me anytime i feel like a knee uh, acl goes i text daryl i didn't text daryl i've hyperextended my knee before and I'm going to be honest. I don't think Giannis plays tomorrow. Oh, yeah. No. I think Giannis woke up today in more pain than he could have ever imagined. Because um, it swells overnight. And that's what you got to deal with. So, I'm sure he still showed up and he's walking around. And he's doing whatever he's doing today. Um, I would hope they have him on crutches just to kind of make it easier. I don't think there's any chance he plays tomorrow. Um, and if he does, he is exactly what he said. He's a freak. Um, I think there's a very good chance tomorrow we we see a, a Hawks Bucks game with no Giannis Antetokounmpo and no Trey Young. Jimmy clearly wasn't fully Jimmy. Um, Joel Embiid wasn't him. Um, I almost said Ben Simmons wasn't him, but he was healthy. At least we think. Um, give me some other ones. LeBron clearly, Anthony Davis obviously, Jamal Murray, uh, Mike Conley, uh, Chris Paul twice. Damn, Giannis, Trey, James Harden, Kyrie. Oh, so yes, people more time, but they—I mean, I don't know if that makes it harder for them though. You get me? Either Milwaukee or Atlanta, they're banged up too. I just don't like how, um, like how the Clippers—they played in the game seven, and then literally like thirty-six hours later, they were warming up to play the Suns for, or yeah, the Suns for game one. I didn't like, like I didn't like that either. I think that's bullshit, you know. Dude, yeah, that's that's unbelievable, though. 
And for what it's worth, we talked about it too. We watched Game Seven, or excuse me, Game One of the Clippers and, and Suns, and we were like, "Yeah, they were." Aren't like, both other series going on in the East? Like, it's okay. We can. We don't want to, but we can go a day without without basketball. Like, you don't have to force that series because now, like you just said, if this game goes, ser- if this series goes seven, the Clippers ha- or the Suns would have been waiting for what close to a week. I, yeah, it just the whole and it's the whole pressure of trying to get this done before the Olympics and I just I don't know. You knew that when you scheduled the season. Yeah. Everybody said when the schedule came out. So the NBA finals, let's say KD is in it, he won't be with Team USA. So he'll be there after the finals and then you got what? How many days of practice with KD before you guys got to go out on the road or play the first expedi- expedi- almost expedition exhibition game? Uh, I don't know. This shit's annoying. Um. Oh, this was the last point I want to make. Considering the idea, and I guess just playing with the idea, toying with the idea that Trey Young and Giannis don't play in games, game five. Am I wrong in pretty much assessing this game as Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday against the Hawks? And Bobby Portis. <laughs> he's actually been really good. Shout out to Bobby Portis. No, he's he's always. Yeah. This is why that Carmelo Anthony comment was so crazy. Five buckets can win you a game. What about Sam Merrill slander? Don't forget. Mountain West. <laughs> good point. Low key. I thought you was making a point, damn it. No, 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 um, no, yeah, I bet. Uh, <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, I, I just think that Milwaukee is going to rely on one of those two players to be their leading scorer. I think when you look at the Hawks, we don't know. Like, uh, Clint Capella took an elbow to the eye last night. Or last night? Yeah, last night. And... I noticed it in the moment, and I said, I hope he's okay moving forward. So, I don't know if Clint Capella plays, but with the way that they run the pick and roll, I don't know that Lou Williams and or, or excuse me, or Clint Capella won't be the team's leading scorer. John Collins is still John Collins. Cam Reddish is getting is coming back from injury, and he's played well. In moments. I'll say in moments. Um, Kevin Herter. Like, if it's smelling real velvety in there, <laughs> then Kevin Herter can go off. So, I, I just think the Hawks almost have less pressure on them without their star. Yeah. Because their star already fed everybody anyway. Mm-hmm. Does it make a little sense? That d- it does. In a weird way. That's why I feel like even if Trey is kind of good to go tomorrow, you sit him. Yeah, I I think th- the only thing with that, and I, I could understand the argument, you're putting Trey Young in a situation that when he comes back, you have you have no room for error. One loss and we're home. That's the only thing. I want people to um. We'll probably 
we'll probably post this clip. I want people to answer that. I want people to answer that question for us. Trey? Yeah. Okay. And I don't think like a bone bruise won't change like that in a less than a week. Like Yeah. Exactly. That's what I think. And like without Trey, the Hawks were up pretty big with like even with Giannis playing, right? Yeah. They were up twenty for a good Absolutely. majority of I think the Giannis and the Bucks cut it to nine before Giannis got hurt in the third, but uh yeah, Lou Williams, I know people like to, you know, criticize his playoff performances over the years, but like he showed out, right? First career start. Yeah. First career playoff start, I should say. And like, yeah, the you could tell just a vet who's been there before and uh guided them and everyone stepped up in their roles and like the Cam Reddish return, he gave him a really nice minutes off the bench and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, like, I like the point you made, like, how they're playing with house money. Like, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. None of these young shooters thought Cam was playing well. Exactly. Head coaching change in the middle of the year? Oh, yeah. Fam, you were not supposed to be here. At all. <laughs> like, you were not supposed to be here. This is not the storybook that you would have thought. Like, so mm. keep, keep adding to it. Keep adding to the chapters. Just rock with it. You don't know when it ends, so just, yeah. just add to it. And speaking of that, speaking of playing with house money, we've gone through all chapters, all seven chapters of my notes today. And we're playing with house money, guys, so we don't have a tip in for my dad. So these last ten minutes, we've just been shooting it. So we could actually end the show, Celine. We can end it whenever you're ready, brother. Um... I will say, we got through all of these chapters, even still being talk that talk radio and having the conversation branch off in different in a different little things. Um, no more shots at L.A., but do you have anything else that you want to say about basketball? Yeah, uh, if Drew Holiday leads the uh, Bucks in scoring tomorrow, they're gonna lose. I love Drew, but if. Yeah, if he leaves the team with scoring tomorrow, like the, they'll lose. Can we readdress our conversation from a month ago? Who's second most important on that team? Best as in what? Well, cause I still stand by the ball needs to be in Chris Middleton. Yeah. For me, I think, like we said before, um, yes, Drew Holiday is, like, asked to do a lot on the defensive end. Um, but before that, Chris Middleton was still asked to be who he was on offense and do Drew's defensive uh, responsibilities. So I just think that this postseason, I don't know if they make it or not, but I think tomorrow is one of those moments that a lot of people – a lot of casual basketball fans understand that Chris Middleton is should be considered that guy. And random too, two K NBA two K. And I'm definitely gonna end the show after this because this is this is 
<laughs> this is gonna go left. I'm losing the show. Um, but NBA 2K. Can anybody in here guess Chris Middleton's rating? Probably like really bad because all I've seen from those EA games does is, does EA do? 2K? Well, it's not EA. No, e- uh, EA does live. Yeah, I'm gonna guess it's like 84, 85. Probably something disrespectful. It's disgusting how on point you've been today, and it's the fucking headband. <laughs> it's the headband. <laughs> it has to be the headband because Chris Middleton is 85. And he is the most 95-85 in 2K I've ever seen in my life. What you say about Marcus Morris not missing open shots, Chris Middleton doesn't miss on 2K. It's because he doesn't play for the Lakers. If he played for the Lakers, he'd be. Oh, is Marcus Morris a top 30 player? Am I wrong? I told you guys. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Don't forget THT for Allen Iverson. I'm done, guys. I'm not even going to say it. Figure it out. Thank you.